Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, the aquarium hobby will challenge you in every way. It'll push you, it'll tease you, it'll even taunt you at times. However, if you do things right, if you listen to nature's clues, she'll reward you, often in ways you never even considered. Now, it occurs to me that some of the best moves I've ever made as an aquarist were not the result of jumping right into something. No, rather, the best moves I've ever made were consistently the result of smaller, slower, more measured moves, stuff that took what seemed like eons to accomplish, and yet yielded long-term results that were well worth the wait. Most of them are predicated on one simple philosophy, I guess you'd call it, what I call radical patience. Now, what's radical about patience? I know that sounds kind of ridiculous, actually, right? Is there some special meaning to this term? Not really. Well, it's actually as much about common sense as it is about anything else, really. Yeah, common sense. That is not jumping into something, taking a bit of time or even a long time to, in our case, allow your aquarium to run in and develop before pushing it along. I mean, why are we always in such a hurry to get fishes in? And when you think about it, this is kind of radical in that these days, everything's such a rush. We have such an instant, I know I sound like an old man, right? But I mean, it seems like everything's such a rush. We're always in such a hurry to get to some finished point or whatever we call finished without taking the time to understand why we're doing what we're doing and enjoying the journey along the way, particularly, particularly in the Botanical Method Aquarium, where the whole thing is predicated on the development of an ecosystem within our aquarium. Why do we want to rush this? Again, I suppose social media makes it more attractive because who wants to see a picture of an empty aquarium for six weeks and then finally, you know, your first neon tetra or whatever. I I get it. It's not sexy. But the reality is to get to that really amazing aquarium that everybody oohs and ahs about, it takes time. And if you pay a little dues up front, the long-term benefits are amazing. Now, having set up more than a few aquariums in my day, I never seem to be surprised at my own hobbyist style and patience. And we all are a little bit impatient. However... I, it's it's well worth deploying that extra patience. I mean, let's face it. Once we get the plumbing done, the lighting tweaked, the leaks sealed, and the aquascaping all set in or whatever, we're always hell-bent on getting some fishes in there. I mean, we've waited so long for the first water to go into our tank that it's time to enjoy the fruits of our labor, right? It's like we need to get the fishes in there right away. Even just a few, right? Can't really blame us. However, there may be some compelling reasons to wait just a little bit longer. I mean... It's kind of a dumb analogy, but would you want to move into a house that didn't have a refrigerator full of food? I mean, most of us wouldn't, right? Uh, Now, unlike humans, fishes seem to have not lost their genetic programming for grazing and hunting for food. Most of the waking hours of aquatic animals are devoted to acquiring food and, you know, some to reproducing. But they need to have some food sources available to hunt and graze for. That's reality. That's why fishes move into new ecosystems to find new food sources. We talked about this yesterday. So why not help accommodate your animal's needs by supplementing the prepared diet that you're going to give them with some pre-stocked natural foods in their new home? You know, slow down, get the ecosystem going a bit, and then add the fishes. Now, again, I'm not talking about tossing in a few frozen brine shrimp a few hours before the first fishes go in the tank. No, no, no. I'm I'm talking about a deliberate, systematic attempt to cultivate some living food sources within the system before a fish ever hits the water. 
Imagine a, quote, new system offering all this foraging opportunities for the new inhabitants right off the bat. Well, that's what botanical method aquariums do. That's what they excel at if we allow them to develop. In our world, that might mean allowing some a time for the breakdown of the botanicals or time for wood or other botanicals to recruit some biofilm, some fungi, even turf algae on their surfaces before you add the first fishes to the aquarium. Now, I know you're probably saying, Scott, you're being ridiculously impractical here. It could take months to accomplish this. I've spent all this money and setting up the tank and you want me to wait until, you know, the biofilms bloom and some Daphnia show up or whatever. Well, yeah, kind of seriously, I'm asking you that. I, I'll give you that. It's a bit crazy, but it, it makes sense. And that's exactly what I do with every one of my tanks. And you know what? It works really well. For years, I did this in reef tanks. And as a result of this whole radical patience thing, I was keeping fishes like pipe fishes and mandarin dragonettes and certain gobies, fishes that were notoriously difficult feeders in the aquarium because they needed specialized food. I was keeping those in the tank from stocking day number one because I, because I, I prepared the tank for them. They, I had no losses. These fishes were fat and happy, foraging for their natural food sources between the regular feedings of food that I gave them. That's a key to some of these difficult fishes. Now, look, I'm no genius. I'm not bragging about my prowess. I'm just saying, if I can do it, you can too. I don't have half the skills you do, but I have succeeded with a lot of delicate, hard to feed fishes over my hobby career. And that's not just luck. It's because I'm doing something that I think works. I'm really fucking patient. Success is a simple result of deploying this whole radical patience. The practice of just moving slowly and carefully when evolving our aquariums and adding new fishes to new tanks. It's a really, really simple concept. It's super basic, but people ask me about it a lot. I mean, to some extent, we're already deploying this practice with our botanical method aquariums. The very process of creating a botanical method aquarium lends itself to this whole onboard supplemental food production concept, right? I mean, the whole idea is to allow materials to break down, to recruit these biofilms and fungal growths so that we have an ecology, a burgeoning ecology, and therefore a food production system as well. A sort of food web that's pretty analogous to those that are found in nature, right? And it plays into the work that we do regularly in the botanical aquarium world. For many fishes or even ornamental shrimp, I know a lot of people keep shrimp and breed them, you stock your tank with some leaves and other botanicals and allow them to break down and get some biofilm going. It's hardly a radical concept in our world. It's merely a simple, maybe a tweak uh, to our typical way of doing stuff, slowing down and letting this stuff happen before you add the animals in there. However, I'm always surprised at how a seemingly simple tweak can yield disproportionately amazing results. It's not like there's any special skill required in order to do this. Nature's going to do this regardless. It just requires self-discipline and perhaps the ability to stare at a tank devoid of fishes for a little bit longer to get this done. I mean, yes, I admit it is kind of weird. I've spent many a night looking into my tank going, oh, look, there's a planaria or oh, is that a Daphne? What is that? You know, kind of goofy, but that's the way it goes as you're waiting for your fishes. But if you really plan it right, like I did with my all leaf litter aquarium that I shared with you over the years, a tank could be run with fat, happy fishes for many months, subsisting only on the food that the tank actually produces. I know several other hobbyists who've done this with similar results in their tanks. Assemblages of softer botanicals, which soften, you know, as they decompose, and leaves which recruit biofilms and fungi form a secondary food source for a lot of fishes and animals. I mean, we know this is pretty much inevitable in our tanks. 
So why not simply allow this to happen before adding your fishes? That's all I'm asking here. Give it a little more time. Of course, the easy part is adding the botanicals and maybe crustaceans or worms or whatever if you choose to go that extra step in your tank. We do that more or less already without thinking. The hard part's waiting longer to add the fishes. That's where the patience comes in. Wait a minimum of three weeks and even up to a month or, or even two months if you can stand it. And you'll have a surprisingly large population of micro and macro fauna which your fishes can feed on between your deliberate feedings if you choose to do so. Having a sort of pre-stock system helps reduce a considerable amount of stress for new aquarium fishes, particularly for wild collected fishes or fishes that have reputations as so-called delicate feeders. And think about it. This is really a natural analog of sorts. I mean, fishes that live in inundated forest floors, yes, I'm going back to the freaking agapo again, they return to these areas to follow the food once they flood. We just talked about this yesterday in our last installment. It just takes a few weeks, really. You'll see fungal growth. You'll see some breakdown of the botanicals brought on by bacterial action or the feeding habits of small crustaceans and fungi. If you pre-stock, you might even see the emergence of significant populations of you know little animals, copepods, amphipods, and worms, other creatures crawling around, free from fishy predators, foraging on algae and detritus, and happily reproducing in your tank. We kind of know this happens already, right? I mean, this is exactly what the, the whole concept of a refugium that's been talked about in the saltwater aquarium world for many decades now is based upon this, giving the animals that support the higher animals uh, a chance to colonize, establish, and reproduce free from predation from the higher fish, from the higher life forms, i.e. your fishes. So again, it's not a new concept. It's just something that is new in the context of executing. Radical patience yields impressive results. Again, I realize that it takes a certain amount of patience and a certain leap of faith to do something like this. I've been doing it for a long time now, and I can tell you it works. I've been doing it since I was a kid. And the reason why, when I was a kid, it was predicated out of necessity. Yeah, unlike a lot of a lot of you, I didn't start with, I mean, I did have five gallon tanks, but I started with larger tanks. My parents, my dad was a fish geek. He let me get a 30 gallon tank. He let me get a 40 gallon breeder. Well, it's expensive when you're a kid and you're working on your allowance or whatever it is that your little part-time job that you have. So it takes time. You can't get everything all at once. So I learned to be patient. I would set my tank up, fill it with water and stare at it for months, kind of not knowing that it was actually establishing itself. And then it became a habit. And pretty soon I realized it was getting me good results. I didn't have the so-called new tank syndrome or all this weird cycling things I had to worry about because I already took the time to let my systems establish themselves. When I started learning more about biology and ecology, I realized that, hey, there's some science behind this too. And it made sense. It was like putting a pieces of puzzle together. And again, if, if you like delicate or difficult to feed fishes, or even if you simply want to try something a bit different just because... This is a technique or a philosophy that can help you succeed where maybe you might have failed or had some less than exciting results in the past with certain fishes that you've tried. The point of this practice is really pretty simple. It's embarrassingly so, actually, that I'm actually even talking about this again, which I know we've talked about before, but it's to help develop, or should I say, to encourage the development and accumulation of some supplemental food sources in the ecosystem before they're quickly devastated by your fishes. It's Again, it's kind of like the refugium idea. It's really a whole little concept which needs a lot more exploration. It's, it's easy to do, stupidly easy to do. It simply requires some planning, observation, execution, and a lot of patience. It's perhaps 
a bit against the grain of popular aquarium practice, especially looking on Instagram or whatever and seeing all those tanks going up so fast. I, I get it, but I commend you for even considering this idea. You could play it out in all sorts of ways, even going so far as to set up your tank with materials known to recruit more fungal growth, biofilms, algae, or beneficial supplemental food sources, things that'll break down a little easier. Just thinking things from a different angle. At the very least, just considering different aspects of your fish's in-tank experience when creating and stocking a tank is a really cool thing that could yield great benefits. Besides, what's the big rush anyway? You'll develop a whole new appreciation for nature when you develop this form of radical patience. Until next time, stay observant, stay diligent, stay methodical, stay bold, stay patient, and always stay wet. I hope this little thing that I've been talking about today rubs off on you and maybe it'll give you some excitement. This is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.